the case was opened last year, December on the 6th. And, of course, uh, the investigation thereof is progressing very well. I've heard the uncle that is complaining that there's a statement that they made and that we have said that another statement is going to be taken. I must just correct the issue that we said they must come to the police station. We are mindful of the fact the condition of the child is. The police did go to the family yesterday. Unfortunately, the child is still a minor. We must get parents so that we can talk to him. The statement that is referring to the one that they came to report to us, but we need to take a statement from the child himself, which, of course, that is going to be done in the presence of social workers. They have been summoned to come so that they can form part of the investigation. We also have to be mindful of the fact that it was really December and there, are many, there, were, there were many holidays, of which we don't work only alone as the police when we investigate. We also have to be mindful of the fact that we investigate to arrest, not to arrest to investigate. Therefore, then, it means we have to prepare statements, take them to the NPA for them to take a decision, giving us a direction as to where to go. Yesterday, there are statements that have been taken in relation to the case. Further statements are going to be taken today because we need to tie all the loose ends. So what are the charges against the principal? We have charged, uh, we have charged the principal on a charge of uh, uh, assault uh, GBH. That is now an intention thereof to cause bodily harm. That is the charge that we have instituted against the principal, against the suspect. Remember, currently we have got no suspect up until we're given a directive or a direction by the NPA. So he has not been arrested? No, he has not yet been arrested. As I've said, that we need to tie all, all the loose ends uh, because hastily getting involved into a matter or becoming emotional might ruin all the plans that we have or the prospects of prosecution. So thereof, we are saying that every or all authorities that must be forming part of this, we have involved them and we move together forward so that at the end of the day, we must have a fully-fledged case that has got good prospects in terms of prosecution. And just for the benefit of lay people, is that uh, the normal procedure whereby if someone is charged with uh, 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 assault with intent to do grievous bodily harm, uh, you do not arrest the suspect immediately but wait until you are given direction to do so? Not necessarily that, but remember that the case happened in Akas last year. And it was only opened on, on, on the, during December last year. So therefore then, uh, we have to be mindful of that fact that the case as it happened in, in, in Akas last year, there might be some hiccups that we are not aware of. So involving relevant authorities is going to assist us a lot. So this is what we are doing. So it is not necessarily that it is a norm, but we are looking into the matter as, I mean, at hand and therefore we take a decision to say we must definitely involve the NPA. Remember, there are many statements that are being given, many stories that are being told. So listening to all those stories, yes, they are hearsay, which of course will not form part of the case. But we have to take them into consideration moving forward in terms of our investigation. I hear you, but what is the usual procedure? If I were to be um, charged right now with a, a similar charge, would I be arrested or would you wait? We will arrest you. We will arrest you because the, I mean, the complaint will come directly at the police station and will say, Sakina assaulted me. We will dispatch a, a, a van to come and arrest you immediately because you have just committed an offence. 
I have mentioned that on this particular matter, there are differences in terms of what you're mentioning now. I have said that, the, the, I mean, the case of involving the boy happened in Akas last year, and everything was quiet. We were not even aware as the police. We were only made aware December last year. So how does that change the actual fact? Because the fact that you only became aware of it in December uh, does not change the charge. So why didn't you arrest him? Remember, the child, according to statements that we, uh, we, we have obtained currently, it is alleged that he was assaulted at the school. He was able to move home. And from home, he was then taken to hospitals, which, of course, we also gathering information that the principal was also involved in terms of taking the child back and from hospital. So all of those things are changing the whole scenario. But then what How so, Brigadier? Is, How so? The it, fact that the principal took him to hospital after the assault, uh, are you suggesting that that would serve in mitigation for the principal? No, no, no. No, no, no. I think, I think that, that that's very much incorrect. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying all those things that have now came into, into the picture it's changing, uh, changing, uh, changing now the whole scenario, but not the fact. That's what I'm saying. Ours now is to get in and collect all the evidence into a form of the docket and present all the facts before the public prosecutor. And obviously, after the decision, will then effect whatever arrest that we're supposed to do. We will do that without any fear or favor. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much, Mpumalanga Police Spokesperson Brigadier Leonard Slati. And uh, we now, Spongile, thanks for speaking to us now. You visited the family. Can you give us more detail about the assault, uh, according to the family? What actually occurred on that day? Morning, Sakina. Um, the family told me, the, 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 the boy actually told me, narrated the story that they were called into the office. There were two boys uh, being accused of stealing 150 rand. And when they got to the office, they were asked if they had taken this. Actually, they were asked, where is the money? They must give the money. They must give the money back. And um, Kamanda, the boy who was in a wheelchair, said he didn't know of the money because he didn't take the money. And then another teacher assaulted the other boy, and he was assaulted by the principal. He says the principal tripped him, and he fell on his back, and the principal pinned him down with his knee on Kamanda's chest. He says that um, he felt pain at the time and he felt numbness, but he was able to walk home. And when he got home, he told his mom, when his mom got back from work after five, told his mom what had happened. And that night, they, he, he couldn't sleep because he was in excruciating pain the whole night. As a result, that his mom woke up, didn't go to work, went straight to school to the principal to report that, you assault my child. <clears throat> He's now injured. We didn't sleep the whole night, and you don't do anything. You don't even bother to come to me. Now, can you please take care of my child? I don't have money and transport to take him to the hospital because he can't move. And then the principal indeed took the child to the hospital. Uh, The mom went to work because they didn't think it was serious at the time. Uh, The mom went to work, and the principal uh, brought the child back at home, said nothing to the mom, didn't give the mom a report as to what happened in, in the hospital or explain his actions. He just left it at that. <clears throat> the reason she did not open a case, because I asked her, why didn't she open a case immediately? She said that she didn't know, she was advised by people at a later stage that she must actually open a case when the lawyer got involved, who's in the department, because um, she felt that the principal needed to come to, to her and, and speak to her and explain what had happened and maybe apologize and see how they could help medically with the child. But she could see that the principal didn't care. 
and at the beginning of this year when she went to the school to talk to the principal and to also get a report for this child, she was told that the child no longer belongs to the school and there was no record of the child at the school. So it's, 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 it was handled badly uh, by the principal and by the, 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 the department because they informed the department in the first week of December. Nothing was done until we phoned the department uh, on Sunday to inform them that what, what was happening, and then they said that, oh, it was reported to us, we are investigating and we are waiting for a report which we will get um, at the end of this week. And uh, Spongile, uh, tell us about the living conditions uh, for this uh, particular family, seeing that you went to their home. Uh, the living conditions are, are very bad. They are poor. They are, uh, if I could say it, at the bottom of the poverty line. Uh, the shack... Uh, has no windows, it's it's stuffy, it's, they have nothing, Sakina. Uh, it's hygiene, it's, it's just the state they are in. I don't know if appalling is the right word to use it, but it, it's, it's not uh, conducive for his condition. When I went back there on Monday, he was left alone, as, as I previously reported on Sunday. He was with a younger sister who's 12 years old. She's, she's uh, also abandoned school because she's scared of the principal. Remember, the principal was only suspended on Monday after mm. we had the story on Sunday. So she also didn't go to school because she's scared of the principal. She dropped out. Now she stays with uh, her brother, who's 14, who is in diapers. Uh, she can't, because she's, she's tiny, she can't lift him up and move him from the bed and put him in his, in his chair. So they are stuck in that shack. And they have a, a, another sibling who's less than a year old. They, they are also taken care of. So it was only the three of them when I got there on Monday, which is what made me phone the Department of Social Development. And indeed, they acted on the day. There were social workers there on the day. And today, even I speak to you, the Department of Health, the rehab uh, section and, and um, physio, together with the um, Department of Social Development, their social workers and psychologists are going to see the child again today so that they can also check what can be done with this paralysis? Is it permanent or they can train him, sort of? Because he is very frustrated. His mom was telling me that uh, the child used to play soccer. He loved soccer. You would never find him at home after school or during weekends. But now he can't do all of those things because he can't do anything for himself. As he, we know that he's paralyzed from the waist down. He can't feel his urine. He just passes. He can't feel when he has to relieve himself, basically. That's why he's in diapers. So he stays there at home the whole day in bed unable to move. <clears throat> when I found him there on Monday, next to the bed was his wheelchair and there were a packet of medication that he takes and uh, cold coffee that was made by his mom before before she left for work. They can't do anything and you can't expect a 12-year-old to take care of a 14-year-old and another child. So it's just, the conditions are very bad. Spongile, tell me, do we know what uh, the diagnosis is for his condition? That's the problem. Uh, we tried... Uh, getting the medical report from the Department of Health. The Department of Health wants uh, the mother to pay 460 to get the medical um, report. That's the standard norm. And on the day when we were there, the mom couldn't get out of work. Um, the, she even gave me the numbers now uh, last night, the numbers of where she works. She works in the Crescent Town, where I must ask her bosses to, to give her time so that she'd be able to see the social workers. So it was just a hassle. We couldn't get anything from the department because we also wanted a correct diagnosis to say what actually happened. Uh, but our sources at the, at the hospital tell us that he twisted his spinal cord during the, 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 the assault.
Spongile, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much uh, for the good work and uh, please continue updating us on this particular story. That's our reporter Spongile Mkani Mpolweni and really heartbreaking story.